Uh, my name is Mac Anderson. Welcome to the Cereal Bowl. On my right, we have... Hi, my name is Mariam. Cameron. On my left, we've got... Arthur. And Edson. Our podcast today is about Minnesota serial killers and kind of the aspect behind that. And to start us off, I have Paul Michael Stefani, who is actually a native to Austin, Minnesota. Born on September 8th, 1944, he was arrested in 1982 for the killings of four people in and around the St. Paul area. Um, he started, well, there's not really much known about why he started killing people, honestly. The police couldn't find much about him or anything that in his life would make him act out in this kind of way. On December 31st, 1980, he attacked and murdered two women in East St. Paul. And then the thing that sets him apart actually from most serial killers is in fact that he would call the police after he committed the acts of violence and confess over the phone while crying, which is disturbing to say the least. Really disturbing actually. And the police could not track the phone calls because then again, it's the 1980s, you can't really do much about that. And his next victim after the two first ones was a woman named Kimberly Compton, an 18 year old student from Wisconsin. And she was killed in, I think it was near what was the U of M campus back in the day. And again, he continued the trend of calling the police after he killed his victim. And after that kind of set of events, the police classed him as a serial killer since it was a second offense with calling the police after he killed somebody. His third, um, technically fourth victim, was Kathleen Greening, who was found dead at her home just outside of St. Paul. And they did not suspect him of the murder because he actually didn't call the police this time to confess, but he did confess later in life. And his last murder victim was Barbara Simmons, a 40-year-old nurse in the Minneapolis side of the Mississippi River. They met at a bar, she decided to go home with him, and he killed her in her apartment near downtown St. Paul. Yeah, and I'd like to add, add one more thing. He was known as the weepy voice killer. And that came from the fact that him confessing to every single murder but one while crying hysterically for some reason. And he would actually beg the police to find him and kind of stop his crime spree, I guess. Which is why they dubbed him the Weepy Voice Killer. Don't talk, just listen. I'm sorry what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. Don't know why I had to stab her. I am so upset about it. I'm sorry I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one over And he was actually captured after trying to murder a 19-year-old in August on August 21st, 1982. And she was able to kind of get out of his car before he attacked her. And she was able to call down help. And in the process, she actually hit him over the head with a glass bottle, which injured his eye. And he noticed he was bleeding badly enough and sought medical help. And it was the call that he made to the hospital that kind of confirmed that he was connected to the case. And further in-depth investigation later revealed him to be the murderer of three, pre three previous victims. And during his trial, he had multiple bouts of kind of hysteria and I guess I could say like mental outbursts and he had actual like his ex-wife his sister and even women who would live with him in the past testified that they believed he was the person on the phone calls but due to the fact that the crying kind of muffled his voice I guess they weren't able to identify him as all of them but weirdly enough in 1997 he was diagnosed with skin cancer and he had less than a year to live so he confessed to all I think it was like five murders. There's like debate on whether he murdered a sixth person, but there's like, there's like little to no evidence. But he got skin cancer and within, he had less than a year to live. So he decided to confess to all the murders, including one that they didn't know about, which was a woman named Denise Williams who got stabbed in 1982. And I think it's just strange because, I mean, when you think serial killers, you don't really think Minnesota. You think of Minnesota as kind of the last place you'd find a serial killer in a sense. So I, I just found it was interesting. Things that, uh, th that Stephanie said when he called the police were, God damn, you find me and stuff like I'm sorry for what I, for what I did. Please don't talk. 
Just listen. I'm sorry, I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Those are things that Stephanie uh, said when he called the police after he had committed the crime. And the police found this interesting for a multitude of reasons. Like he said, he actually said, stop me, which kind of indicates that he was not really resentful for what he was doing, but he had some sense of kind of resentment, I guess, which again carries into mental health. Was there anything that you found in his background that could have led to some mental health that he had got going on? Actually, there was like hints at it. In the trial, his sister testified that they hadn't had the best upbringing and his ex-wife and women who would live with him over the course of his life did say that he was somewhat of like a, just a strange guy in general. They never thought he was actually dangerous, but they did say he had some tendencies to be a womanizer on occasions, which so actually caused his divorce. And I think it was 1976. So there definitely could have been a string of trauma in his past that could have led to them to these um, occurrences that he... Weirdly enough, then exactly, I agree with you 100%. They never did a psychiatric evaluation on him for some reason. I couldn't find anything about them doing any kind of psychic evaluation, but they did say that he seemed a little bit detached from kind of reality and the actions that he had committed, even though he over the phone admitted multiple times that he wanted to be stopped and that he had committed horrible crimes. Uh, speaking of mental health, did you know schizophrenia is the most common disorder? And for those of you who don't know what schizophrenia is, it's a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, or behave clearly. The causes are unknown. Um, it includes hallucination, delusions, and emotional flatness. Um, it, it's one of the most yeah common disorders uh, diagnosed in serial killers. And Mac, when you were doing your research, did you find out if he had uh, schizophrenia? Uh, like I said, I think it's a possibility. I agree that it, it is kind of a common theme among serial killers that most of them have been diagnosed with schizophrenia. You look at more famous serial killers like Gacy and the, um, I think it was, there were like two other serial killers that got diagnosed with schizophrenia that were kind of, I'm blanking on the names, but I think yeah. it's a possibility. Like I said, they didn't do a psychiatric evaluation on him, which I found was weird, but I think it probably played into that because I know it can, I think it can be trauma-related schizophrenia. So I do think that's a very likely possibility that he might have had some form of schizophrenia, or at least, like you guys said, mental illness from trauma mm -hmm. that he sustained in the past. Or do you think he could be born with it? I think that's also a possibility. I mean, in his past, everybody, before he obviously got tried and convicted of being a serial killer, nobody really said anything negative about him. He was just kind of this strange guy that was kind of lonely. There was never any indication that he was like a serial killer. And going back on to what you said about women and how he was like a womanizer and stuff like that, um, were all of his victims women or were they men as well? Actually, that's a very good point. I forgot to point out. Yes, all his victims were women. He never attacked men. He only attacked women and all his victims were women. They did get a confession out of him for all women killings within, I think it was from 1980 to 1982. So yeah, he did not attack men. So maybe that could just go into the part about mental health. Maybe he had some trauma with just women in general yeah. and all about that. So he I just agree. needed I to. Agree. Uh, this has been The Serial Bowl, and this is our first kind of issue about Paul Michael Stefani. And next time we'll bring you more about different serial killers from across Minnesota.